Desk.com slash radio. Listen to The Riches of Grace each Sunday morning at 8.30. Hosted by Pastor Richard Jordan of Shorewood Bible Church of Rolling Meadows. And tune in each weekday afternoon at 1.30 for Daily Bible Time. Brought to you in part by RM Services and Lou's Pizza Factory. For more information about Shorewood Bible Church, visit shorewoodbiblechurch.org. Shorewoodbiblechurch.org. AM 1160 is a proud ministry partner of Shorewood Bible Church of Rolling Meadows. Hello, this is David Jeremiah inviting you to listen to Turning Point weekday mornings at 930 on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Learn more at 1160hope.com. And now it's time for Lawyers for Jesus Radio, lighting our path through law. A show about faith in the law and in the marketplace. Featuring the partners from the law firm Mauk and Baker. Located in downtown Chicago, Mauk and Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Good afternoon. Welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker and today we are going to talk with Illinois State Representative Jeannie Ives about her campaign for Illinois governor. Representative Eyes is a West Point graduate with a B.S. in economics and a veteran officer of the U.S. Army where she served as both a platoon leader and headquarters detachment commander for transportation. She also served as an ROT instructor at Wheaton College. But more than that, she is also a mother of five children, cross-country coach running on 12 years now, and a volunteer mom for her children's schools. I'm Rich Baker, and I'm a partner with the law firm of Malkin Baker in Chicago. We are a Christian firm with attorneys who focus on serving both the body of Christ and their legal needs. We do everything from zoning to estate planning, not-for-profit administration to religious freedom. You can find out more about us by going to MalkBaker.com, that's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com, or call 312-726-1243. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter to keep up to date on developments about faith and law. But now I want to turn to our interview with Jeannie Ives. Jeannie, welcome to the show. I am absolutely thrilled to have you here, here in person in the studio. Let's just start out. We have such limited time and so many questions to cover. Why are you running for governor? The same reason I ran for Wheaton City Council when I started. I didn't like my choices. And um, I'll tell you what, the one thing in politics that a politician must have is they have to have an inquisitive nature to want to find the right answers on policy. And number two, they have to have the courage to speak about it. And taken collectively, politicians are the most uncourageous group I've ever ran into. I would say an amen to that. Now, let me step back. All right. So uh, the first thing I notice in person sitting here talking with you is courage. And I love your Army background. I have a son who's in uh, Afghanistan right now. Wow. And uh, I pray for him every day. Mm-hmm. But I think the Army's a valuable instructor in learning about courage and organization. Am I right on that? 
Well, I, I certainly feel that way. I mean, I went to West Point, so four years of uh, a discipline mode. Uh, in living. economics, I understand, yeah. <laughs> by the way, which I appreciate. We need that in this state. Well, I think that it's good training um, for, for what I'm about to embark on, which is being governor of the state of Illinois. And we're firmly committed to this race entirely. But yeah, West Point's great training in terms of leadership. And being a governor is not just knowing your policy. It's also being a leader. And being able to um, make the decisions that have to be made, having the courage to speak your convictions in front of any audience and not change willy nilly your talking points with who you're in front of. That seems to have become a major issue in this primary race. You're running against Governor Rauner. Mm -hmm. And for many of us conservatives, we've been very, very disappointed with his leadership. Tell me about yours. How will it be different? Well, first of all, I've already demonstrated the leadership that's necessary for this job. So I've been a state rep for five years. I'm in my sixth year right now, three-term state rep. And uh, I've taken on all the courageous issues. And I've, I've spoken with conviction on the House floor when it comes to defending taxpayers. And truthfully, I went down there, not about the social issues. I went down there to defend taxpayers because it only took one union negotiation at Wheaton City Council to understand where the game is played against taxpayers. That's in Springfield. You have to change the rules in Springfield to protect taxpayers at the local level and statewide. And so I've had the courage to speak up against that 32% tax increase that just went in in July. My five-minute speech has 2.2 million views. I waved my checkbook saying, what are you doing to the families in this state? We cannot afford this. So you started out on taxes. Mm-hmm. You, that's still a major theme. Thank God for your background in economics on that. Um, balancing a checkbook may come into hand. But you also haven't been afraid of the social issues. What are the social issues you're, you're, you're working with right now? Well, like many folks, I helped elect Bruce Rauner in 2014, believing when he said he had no social agenda and he'd, he'd lead the conservative uh, – reform agenda that we wanted on on fiscal issues. I believed him. So did everybody else. We elected him, right? I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. But it ends up that he only had a social agenda and it ended up being very progressive social agenda. And that's really why I'm running against him uh, because of his failures in terms of crony capitalism and his liberal social agenda. Taxpayer funding of abortion in a state that is bankrupt, a brand new open-ended entitlement is nonsense. Him violating the Henry Hyde Amendment that called a truce after Roe v. Wade and said, look, you guys ended up getting abortion at the federal level. We don't like it, but you're not going to spend our hard-earned tax money on abortion. Rauner, a Republican governor, put that in place. Put that in place. It's it's utter nonsense, and that's when the calls came for somebody to challenge him, and I was willing to do it. Well, Jeannie, I want to go into those. Um, let me take a break here just for a second. This is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker of the law firm of Malkin Baker. Today, we're talking with Illinois gubernatorial candidate Jeannie Ives about her campaign run for Illinois governor. Let's step back on that that rounder social issue thing. Now, as a conservative here in Illinois, I was very disappointed. I understand that this is the most liberal policy with regard to abortions in the United States. Is that correct? He is the first governor via legislation to sign into law taxpayer funding of abortion. He did it as a Republican, which is against our party platform, by the way, against our party platform, which is why Republicans are so upset about this betrayal. And then additional, he has revealed who he is. He is habitual liar. He lied to Cardinal Supich about this. He lied to our caucus about this. Every single Republican voted against this bill. In the state legislature, you say, Every single you one. say a liar. This how, Republican governor signed it. How did he lie? What specifically did he say? 
he specifically made promises to us in April of last year that he would veto the bill. And then he made that same promise to Cardinal Supich. And so he lied about what he was going to do with that bill. And he has now started to lie about my record as a tax fighter, saying that I'm Mike Madigan's best friend. That is outrageous. Anybody who has watched me on the House floor or seen my record or even knows the fact that I said Madigan should resign last week knows that the now Rauner is lying about me. Now it's personal. So uh, let's step back for a second. If you were to become governor, mm-hmm. what could you do with regard to this? Uh, what's already happened with this bill? Well, unfortunately, this bill would take legislative action to actually overturn. So what Rauner has made permanent will take, you know, you have to actually work electorally to elect folks that feel differently to over reverse this. He has put in this. He's put in junk science on transgender stuff. He's he put in a bill that requires pro-life pregnancy centers to refer for abortion. He made Illinois a sanctuary state. All of these things that he bailed out Chicago public schools with our money statewide. He bailed out Exelon, a two point two billion profitable company with our money. All this legislation he put in. He put in because he uh, didn't pay attention to his policy. He didn't lead on policy. And then he betrayed everything that we held there. And the only way to reverse that is via legislation. So we have to have complete control of the legislature and a Republican governor to do so. So uh, this leaves me with this question. If you're a governor, but we don't have control of the legislature, then you're limited to the veto power. Is that, that's is correct. that correct? That's correct. And that's not a, a weak power. That, that No, it's very that, strong. Uh, that can be a bulwark, but it is not an initiator. In- yes, but in this situation with those bills that I just described, uh, Rauner would, th- there was not enough votes in the initial votes really to override his veto. He could have stopped that legislation. Yes, I understand that. They, some of those votes barely passed with the barest of majorities. And in fact, uh, many legislators expected him to veto that legislation. And even Democrats are shocked that we have taxpayer funding of abortion. They never expect this governor to actually capitulate to the left. And he did. So let me ask you this question. As I sit here talking with you, uh, it takes a lot of courage to stand up in this situation. Um, What drove you to decide to run for governor? That's a pretty big order. I I feel like um, perhaps I was meant for this time. Um, in state politics, um, it, it takes a, an inordinate amount of courage to stand up against a special interest to actually lead on policy because you are you are relentlessly attacked by the media, by the, uh, you know, the political ruling class that's there, by even your colleagues who don't have the same sort of strength and conviction, who just want to stay in office and aren't coming over to your side. But I'll tell you what, I did not go down to Springfield. To have a, you know, longtime political career. I, arguably, you know where I live in Wheaton, pretty conservative. I could arguably sit there forever. But I didn't take the pension. I, I didn't take the health I think you were for term limits, were you not? Yes, I, I did. I put it in term limits. I, I put a bill in to do that. Of course, that went nowhere. But th- the point is, is that I feel that I, I'm not going to sit here and waste my resources and my time on a Republican governor who doesn't adhere to our policy platform. So we saw an opportunity to really lead in the, in the state of Illinois, knowing the Democrats had nothing to offer and knowing that Rauner was unelectable in 2018 in the November election. He will be Mark Kirk out of office. People will undervote. They won't vote him in. He's lost his base. So somebody had to stand up. And you know what? I got a great husband. He supports me 100%. I have great friends. I know who I am. 
And, and you know, when you're, you're comfortable with who you are and you're not afraid to take on the arguments, then it's time to lead. So my question, I heard the phrase for such a time as this. What role does faith have in your motivations here? You know, you, you, you pray overall just so that God gives you discernment and clarity of mind, I think, throughout your life. And, um, you know, you can, you know, you pray for particular things. Maybe you pray for your, the safety of your son, like you, you indicated. Certainly I do because I have two sons in the military, an army ranger, and then a son who's in pilot training with the Navy. So I certainly pray for their safety. But as an individual, you, pray, you just pray for discernment. So then when you're, you don't know which path to take, then the path becomes more clear. And so that has I've seen that happen throughout this entire campaign when critical things have happened at the critical time. Coming up, we will talk further with gubernatorial candidate Jeannie Ives. I'm Rich Baker of Malkin Baker, and you're listening to Lawyers for Jesus. AM 1160. Hi, I'm Ashley. My husband and I really wanted to adopt but we were intimidated by all of the adoption regulations and paperwork. We needed an attorney who not only understood the law, but also cared for our family. That's what we found with the attorneys at Malcolm Baker. The team at Malcolm Baker not only carefully guided us through the adoption process, but they also regularly took the time to pray for our growing family. It's so clear that their dedication to the gospel drives what they do. We couldn't imagine doing an adoption with anyone else. Hi, I'm Noel Sterrett, an attorney with Malkin Baker. If you're looking to adopt, call us at 312-726-1243. That's 312-726-1243. And let's talk. Don't forget to join us every Sunday at 1230 p.m. for Lawyers for Jesus Radio, where we'll address topics just like Ashley's and more right here on AM 1160. In the wide, confusing world of law and lawyers, it's tough to find someone you can trust that shares your Christian values for legal advice and representation. You can trust Mauk and Baker, a Christian law firm based in Chicago that serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals with their legal matters. They seek to represent clients like you with integrity and care by using biblical principles as the foundation of their work. Additionally, their monthly newsletter highlights what's current in the religious liberty arena, keeping you informed on your right to worship, whether that's on the street in public school, or within the walls of your church. Subscribe to their newsletter at maukbaker.com slash newsletter. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R dot com slash newsletter. If you have a legal need or question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact Mauk and Baker at 312-726-1243. Call and mention Lawyers for Jesus for a free consultation. That's 312-726-1243. AM 1160. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker, partner at the law firm at Malkin Baker, and we're talking with Illinois gubernatorial candidate Jeannie Ives. Jeannie, there's so much to cover in this. Uh, When we left, you were talking a bit about faith and that role in this political process. Uh, And I noted that uh, a major part of this campaign is courage. Not courage just to uh, run for governor, but actually to stand up for the issues that you really believe in. What are the main issues that you think in this campaign are important? I'd like to focus on policy, and I'd like to focus on character. 
So especially in this primary challenge, you've got Governor Rauner who has literally lied to folks and nobody trusts him. Democrats don't trust him. Lobbyists down in Springfield don't want to make a deal with him because they don't know if he's going to back down. And our Republican caucus absolutely does not trust this guy. He has lied, made bald-faced lies to us. So it's a character issue. But on the policy front, look, we need to talk about pension reform. And I've put out an entire, I did an entire press conference on pension reform, and everybody in the media is ignoring it, saying that I haven't done this. I've talked about uh, job creation. I've talked about education, consolidation of K through 12, and at the higher education. I've talked about accountability. I've talked about corruption, which we will take on Let me on slow you down one. just for a second I as know, you do that. so much. Pension reform sounds so abstract. Mm-hmm. What we're really talking about there is the coffers of the state of Illinois being sucked out so that the state is not able to do any of the other functions that it has. Am I correct? Yeah, we're number one in protecting um, public sector pensioners with the highest pensions in, in, in uh, you know, nearly in the nation. Okay. But we're number 48th in terms of taking care of our developmentally disabled. We have our priorities screwed up. And we have got to arrest this thing. And the first step is to move all new hires to a 401k that signals to the market, p- businesses and individuals that we are not going to dig the hole deeper. So, Jeannie, I'm struggling here. I watch the, the statistics. We are losing people in Illinois every year and we're losing businesses every year. Part of that is our taxes. And how, do, how does this? No, pay- that's entirely the part. That's nearly entirely the reason. So 50 percent of Illinoisans, the highest in the nation, want to leave the state of Illinois. The number one reason is over taxes. And 85 percent of Illinoisans say that we're on the wrong track. No politician is paying attention. So to what this. does pension have to do with taxes? That's my question to you. Because well, I'm not sure all, people understand that. Yeah. First of all, at the local <clears> level, it's an enormous burden. The reason that you've had your property taxes increase over the last few years, and, and, and I'm talking everywhere around the state, is because of the public sector pension requirements at the local level. Your police, your fire, your even IMRF, which people say, oh, this is a great plan. No. Because they also are getting Social Security, it's 20% levied against the salary. In the cases of police and fire, you're adding just for their pensions another 30% of the cost of their salary. It's an enormous burden, and the pensions are getting worse and worse off. Chicago is in, they are in, in five years, they're going to spend 25% of their general revenue just on somebody else's pension. But it's isn't, nonsense. Isn't the reality, isn't this look like Detroit? Well, we are Detroit. In fact, Chicago's. And, and by that, what I mean is Detroit went bankrupt and yes. they had to file bankruptcy because mm-hmm. they promised all these things that they could never uh, provide. Is that where we are in they, Illinois? Yeah, they absolutely are. We've made promises we cannot keep $250 billion in debts, $9 billion still in unpaid bills. Chicago has seven times its revenue stream in debt and it's getting worse. Now, I understand that when you objected to the uh, current budget, that was your main issue. I think you held up a checkbook and you said we can't pay for our current debt in this. Am I That's correct? That's right. That? that it was part of the argument that there was no there was no uh, relief valve on the budget to even pay our back bills, which are accumulating. Oh, by the way, the governor Rauner, who can't run his agencies effectively, who didn't even know how many bills were sitting there, is now next week going to ask for a $1.1 billion supplemental spending appropriation because they didn't know how much they had spent last year. There was no controls. So if you came to office, mm-hmm. how would that change? Well, first of all, we're going to propose a, a balanced budget, and we're going to budget to the level of taxation we think is appropriate. We're going to spend two years getting it right, okay, two years so that we can roll back that tax increase and prove up where the, we get rid of all the mismanaged spending get rid, and, and actually institute some cuts, and then we're going to budget for the taxes that to, to lower over time. That's what we're going to do. We're going to budget correctly. 
So you're looking to restore fiscal responsibility to Illinois. And as a result of that, to see our tax burden change and businesses actually coming back. Is that accurate? There's no way to get get out of there. There's two things the state of Illinois needs. First of all, we need a local municipal bankruptcy bill because there's literally municipalities that need to restructure their debts. And that's what that's about. But number two is we there's no way to get out of this unless you have growth. You have to grow the tax base. So that means you have to grow your business requirements. Now, that sounds a lot like Rauner, but Rauner never led the charge to do it. He never gathered the coalitions to make this happen. He never put the pressure on the right people to make the reform occur. He just took on a personal attack. You're listening family. to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker of Malkin Baker. And we are. Uh, if you're just tuning in, we're with Illinois gubernatorial candidate Jeannie Ives about her campaign for office as governor. Uh, Jeannie, there's an important primary coming up. Yes. Tell me a little bit about the primary and what can we do for you with regard to this primary? Well, first of all, uh, elections overall are clarifying events, right? They absolutely define whose side you're sitting on, whose side you're not sitting on. And so it's very interesting for me to watch my Republican colleagues who pretend like they're pro-life and then, then are just sitting on the fence or endorsing Governor Rauner. So first of all, I think people should look at that overall. But but the other so thing I is, have what, to, I have to stop yeah. you right there. Sorry mm-hmm. for interrupting. You are not just pro life in uh, word, but deed, as I understand mm-hmm. it. Uh, tell me a little bit about your journey with the pro life movement and your own experience there. Well, my husband and I, we did have a, a fifth son, Mark, who at the twenty week ultrasound, it was determined that he had a um, a herniated um, diaphragm. So. Um, uh, that meant that he, as soon as he was born, he was going to die because his lungs would not develop. And so we went around to, to even the Children's Hospital in Philadelphia, had all this genetic testing done, found out that, you know, there's nothing that we could do for him. But and so uh, my, my specialist doctor said, well, you can abort. You should abort this baby. That's what people do. But my pro-life doctor said, we are not aborting this baby. You get in here right now into my office. We are having this child. And it was the right thing to do. It's the thing that we did, because if you don't do it the right way. You never have healing. And the nun who was the second grade teacher for my son at St. Michael's at that time, three weeks prior to delivery said, well, when are you going to have the baby? And I said, well, probably in three weeks. And she said to me, well, then the healing can begin. But you see, there is no healing if you don't do it on God's terms, if you don't let the, the, the entire um, life play out the way God had planned. There is no healing then because you rule out any miracle. You rule out any diagnosis being wrong. You just you've taken the life yourself rather than let it happen in God's time. And so uh, if, you know, having gone through that process, which I cried every day for the last 20 weeks and then had to get, you know, got counseled from my friends who had been faced with that. I've never been faced with death before, but to deliver and know that your son's going to die right in front of you is a pretty harrowing journey. But you have to go through it. Otherwise, there's no healing. You can't take that life. It's God's choice. And there was healing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now we, you know, we've got a little angel up in heaven who I think is looking after things down here, quite frankly, and in our lives. That's one of the most moving stories. I have six children. Know how deeply I love them. And as I read your um, bio, you don't say dead child. You consider him your child. Absolutely. Always. It's a most beautiful thing. One of the reasons I'm for this candidacy is because I know that when you speak pro-life, you mean pro-life and you've lived it. 
Um, once again, another uh, example to me of your incredible courage, which is going to be needed if you're going to be governor of this state. I wanted to turn also, uh, you've been criticized in the media for your stand on social issues such as marriage, children's rights, co-ed private spaces in uh, locker rooms and bathrooms, falsified birth certificates. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure, we did a provocative ad that uh, outlined the policies that Governor Rauner put in place. And, and since then, I've been called every ism you can say, you know, and every ist, racist, you know, and you, you name it, you know, homophobic, you name it. But that's not true. None of that's true. That ad depicted the policy choices and the constituencies that Governor Rauner put in place. And now you've got, uh, you know, these stellar media uh, editorial boards. Um, basically endorsing Governor Rauner. And these are the folks who want to talk about the fiscal issues, but then in the end, the only thing that they care about are the social issues. You know, and I was so surprised when you when yeah. the Tribune came out and endorsed Rauner after you trounced Rauner in that debate. I was, sure. I was shocked. Yeah, the, the, the headline coming out of there was Ives crushes Rauner in Tribune debate. That was the headline coming out. And anybody who looks at the debate knows that Rauner embarrassed himself. He couldn't answer any question. I just went there being myself talking about policy. I didn't prep for it. He embarrassed himself. And then the trip who wants to talk about fiscal issues only made a decision based on social issues. Well, these social issues affect people's lives. You have a Palatine case being affected by it. You have Wisconsin where there's an $800,000 settlement because a girl wants to have be in overnight field trips with the guys. Jeannie, I'm going to have ridiculous. to interrupt you because I have one last question that I get sure. to ask you. How can we help you in this campaign? Where, how can we get signs? Where can we donate money? What can we do for you? Well, first of all, nobody needs to be fatalistic about the state of Illinois. The Illinois has loads of potential. You change all the politicians, you change out policy. So I want everybody to, to rally around that idea that this is should not. You should not be fatalistic. You shouldn't be fatalistic about um, um, you know joining my campaign. My campaign has momentum. I've been around the state helping people go so to Ives, Illinois. So let me ask you this: Illinois. Where do we? Yeah, okay, where's yes. your website? Okay, how okay. do we get a hold yeah. of you? All right. IvesforIllinois.com, I-V-E-S-F-O-R, Illinois.com. You can read my speeches. You can go to everything. You can donate online. You can request a yard sign. You can sign up to volunteer. I thank you for being with us. Thank you. If you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malkin Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243. Again, that is 312-726-1243 or MalkBaker.com. M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. We are a Christian law firm based in Chicago, and we serve churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals in their legal needs. Call us and mention Lawyers for Jesus for a free consultation. Thank you, Jeannie Ives, for being with us today. Thank you, Rich. AM 1160 wants to set you up with a free book. Whether you're a bookworm or want to dive deeper into God's Word, we've got something for everyone. It's random. It's a grab bag. Download the AM 1160 mobile app and click on the contest banner to enter. One grand prize winner will get a mini library of their own and lunch with AM 1160's own Mark Elfstrand. Don't have the app? Find it in your phone's app store or go online to 1160hope.com slash mobile.
For so long, I'd had that little hidden sin. It was a secret. No one knew. So I'd convince myself it really wasn't hurting anyone. But but what if my wife or kids found out? Mm. Harmless? It would have ruined me. The problem was, who could I talk to? I needed someone I could confide in. But, but this was so personal. Who could I trust? He found someone to trust, and so can you. We're Faithful Counseling, the world's largest platform for faith-based professional counseling. All of our licensed and experienced counselors are qualified and certified by the state board, and many are trained in addiction counseling. But more importantly, we share your Christian values. Available 24-7 by text, messaging, phone, and video conferencing, 